Healthy Girl Kitchen. I am obsessed with Healthy Girl Kitchen. She's a vegan food blogger and health coach. I want to be her best friend. Invigorating conversations with leading experts. Danielle spends her days helping others improve their health. This is the Healthy Girl Podcast with your host, Danielle Keith. Hello, everyone. Welcome to today's episode of the Healthy Girl Podcast. As always, I'm here to give you the health tip of the day and the cooking tip of the day before we get into it. So the health tip of today is all about boosting your immune system. Obviously, for the past few months, we've been going through this crazy, crazy time trying to keep ourselves safe. We're in quarantine. We're trying to avoid the coronavirus and keep our immune systems healthy and strong. And I just thought as a health coach, I would recommend some vitamins to you that you can be taking to boost your immune system and to prevent coronavirus as much as possible. Now, just a disclaimer, I'm not saying that these vitamins will cure coronavirus or um, will prevent them 100%, but they are measures that you can take that definitely do help. So the first vitamin everyone should be taking is zinc. Zinc is known to boost the immune system. For years now, everyone has known if you take zinc, it not only shortens the duration of a virus, but it actually lessens the severity of symptoms. So that's something you should be taking every single day. They sell it in gummy form. They sell it in pill form. They have liquid zinc. You can find it at Whole Foods, Amazon, Trader Joe's is actually now selling zinc, so definitely look out for that. Just a little tip, zinc needs to be taken with food, otherwise you'll feel nauseous. Another vitamin that you should be taking right now is a vitamin D. Vitamin D is super important for boosting the immune system, and again, you can get that at any health food store, drugstore, Amazon, you name it, and that can be taken at any time during the day or with food. Obviously, we all know vitamin C is so important for immune health. Make sure you're eating a ton of fruits and vegetables, but just be sure you can also take a vitamin C supplement. And then last but not least, echinacea is amazing for boosting your immune system. I have been taking it for years, and anytime I feel a cold coming on or feel that little itchy feeling in my throat, knowing that you're about to get a cold, I take echinacea, and it definitely prevents you from getting sick. So look out for that. I get mine on Amazon or Whole Foods, but again, it's a very easy supplement to find. So yeah, that's my health tip of the day. And then my cooking tip of the day is all about a vegan egg replacement. I get asked this question a lot, and this is, what do you use instead of eggs in baking? So if you eat a plant-based diet, if you're trying to be more vegan and make vegan swaps with your everyday cooking. A good egg replacement in baking is actually using ground flax seeds as a binding agent. So basically what you do is make something called a flaxseed egg, where you mix one tablespoon of ground flax with two and a half tablespoons of water. You mix that up, you let it sit for about five minutes, and before your eyes, this kind of congeals into an egg-like substance, and it helps to bind anything in your baking recipe. So you can use it in cakes, brownies, cookies, whatever it is. It's such a good hack, and I use this all the time in the majority of my blogs. I hope those tips are helpful. If you use any of them, feel free to let me know. I love when you guys find my tips helpful. So let's talk about our guest for the day. Her name is Ariel Siegel. She is a certified holistic health coach, 
plant-based recipe creator, mental health advocate, and a wellness blogger dedicated to helping people break free from chronic illness and emotional traumas and take back their lives. Honestly, she is a wealth of knowledge, and if you're someone suffering from a chronic illness or a serious health condition, you will learn so much from this episode. Ariel's not only someone that I look up to, she's also a really good friend of mine. We met over Instagram, actually, and we've maintained kind of this long-distance relationship, and we talk all the time, and it was only right that I had her on this podcast so that she could share all of her amazing knowledge with you guys. So without further ado, let's get into the episode. And just an important disclaimer, the information on this podcast is not intended or implied to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Ariel's speaking to her story and her situation, but everyone's journey is different. Ariel, welcome to the podcast. I'm so excited to have you here. Hi, I'm super excited and nervous and yeah. You know not to be nervous. I was telling everyone before in the intro that we're actually Instagram besties and that we have this like long distance relationship. Yes, we do. It is nice. You know, it's hard having a wife that lives so far away, but our love grows stronger every day and I love it. I love it too. And honestly, it feels so weird that we actually met through Instagram because I feel like we've known each other for a long time. It's just that kind of friendship when we talk. It feels like we grew up together or something because it feels so normal and we have so much in common and we're both health coaches and we kind of like go to each other for business advice and we just talk about everything. So it's really nice that we have each other. Totally. Couldn't agree more. Love it. Love it too. And don't you feel like, and, and this is something, obviously we're both food bloggers. We're influencers as people might call it. And I know my friends at home are not food bloggers or Instagrammers or health coaches. So it's nice to have that common ground with you because I can't really talk about it with anyone else. Yeah, 100%. It's crazy how much our lives like match up in terms of our diet, you know, and our line of work and like food blogging, photography, recipe creation. It's it's really cool to have someone in my life where we can just kind of, you know, empower each other and grow. And it's awesome. Love it. Yeah, I love it too. And I want everyone to know all the knowledge you have because you know so much information about plant-based eating, healing from chronic conditions, and now you're this like thriving, healthy, beautiful young woman who's now a health coach helping other people, but it wasn't always this way. You weren't always healthy. You you actually had a lot of problems. So I want to go back and start from the beginning of your journey. So let's start with the year of when you started having health problems. My health issue started in the year 2015 when I was about 21 years old in college is when it started. Um, more specifically, um, I was dealing with chronic UTIs, which I had in high school pretty much my whole life, but they kind of just expedited and I was getting them more frequently throughout college where I was getting them every single month and had to be on antibiotics for them every single month for years. Also, the other symptom that I had was um, random sharp like stomach pain on and off that just kind of came out of nowhere and didn't know what was happening. Wow, that's really scary. What were your first thoughts as to why they might be happening? I really had no idea. I I mean, first thought, I thought there was something wrong with my body. I thought I did something wrong. Uh, I definitely didn't even think about diet at first at all. I was just like, this is just something that I just have to deal with. 
that I was just born into this world with issues and I just have to keep taking Advil or ibuprofen or whatever to numb the pain and that's it. So when you were experiencing these UTIs and this chronic stomach pain, did you then go see a doctor? I did. There were a couple of times where the chronic UTIs led to, um, you know, kidney infections. There were times where I was getting UTIs out of nowhere. I mean, I remember I was flying to Vegas with my friend and I literally got a UTI like on the plane and I had to rush to find like an urgent care in the Vegas area because I needed antibiotics right then and there because the pain was so excruciating and I needed antibiotics and I was not prepared for it. And it got to a point where my doctor kind of just like loaded me up with antibiotics to just keep with me all the time because I was getting chronic UTIs all the time and it would hit me like out of nowhere. And when it hit me, it would hit me hard and I needed my antibiotics to stop the pain. Wow, that's so scary. And did your doctors give you any inclination about what might be going on? Nope. They're just like, oh, you have another UTI. Here's more antibiotics. And when I would be like, why do I keep getting these UTIs? Like, what am I doing wrong? And of course, there were things, you know, hygiene wise to like make sure, you know, it's clean down there, which I was doing and all these things. And I was already taking all the precautions that I needed to, you know, the cranberry pills, the cranberry like juice, staying hydrated. And the stomach pain was hard for them to pinpoint exactly what was causing it because it's such a very like vague um, symptom, basically. Like stomach pain could be anything. So that really was a mystery. But there were a couple of times I had to go to the ER for the stomach pain, specifically uh, New Year's Eve 2015. I was at a music festival with my friends and completely sober, not on like anything, um, and was experiencing having a stomach pain for a little bit. And then when we got to the festival, the pain just was excruciating and literally felt like someone stabbed me with a knife and left the knife in my stomach. And I was hunched over, couldn't breathe, couldn't walk, that kind of pain. And I took an ambulance. I went to like the medical tent and I was in an ambulance went to the ER. They thought my appendix burst. It didn't. They did every test under the sun, blood, urine, x-ray, CAT scan, everything. Everything came back normal. So all they did was just give me prescription medication for the pain. I think they gave me, I don't remember what, probably morphine or something through an IV for the pain and then just sent me on my way. And it was this vicious cycle of the stomach pain and the UTIs and antibiotics and the pain medication for a couple years. Wow, that's really frustrating. And I don't know if you knew this. We might have talked about this before, but I used to suffer from chronic chest pain. And the doctor's first inclination was to just give me a medication or, you know, tell me some common problem that I might be having. They just thought I had acid reflux or something like that. And I just thought I was destined to have that problem forever. And it can be especially scary when you're that young. I know I was on um, my trip to Israel and Poland with my senior class. And I unfortunately had to miss out on a lot of the experiences because I was having so much chest pain. And I had no idea that that was inflammation caused by the diet I was eating. And I was eating a lot of dairy and a lot of meat 
during that trip. And now I look back and I know that that's why, but a doctor didn't know to tell me that I should evaluate my diet. So I definitely know how you feel. And and it is unfortunate that a doctor's first thought is to cover up the symptom like a Band-Aid. They don't want to get to the root of the problem. So so yeah, sorry about my tangent. I want to get back into your story. That's okay. So now, so now you, you're going through this vicious cycle of having all these problems. What's next? Vicious cycle, um, going to the ER all the time. And after that point, I basically, I just got more and more symptoms and I just got worse and worse and worse. Um, I started meeting with not only general practitioners, but, you know, gastroenterologists because my stomach pain was getting worse and then bloating and indigestion and constipation and all these things. Hematologists, because when they took my blood in the ER that night in New Year's Eve, they noticed that my platelet count was high. And so I went to a hematologist and he had me on more prescription medication for blood thinners I saw a gynecologist for my chronic UTIs all the time, um, sleep neurologists for like my sleep issues because I wasn't sleeping at night, a million different types of like specialists and doctors. And I just got worse and worse and worse. And what were you eventually diagnosed with? Specifically, the symptoms that I was dealing with from age 21 to about 24, um, the symptoms I was dealing with um, were... Um, stomach pain, chronic UTIs, severe bloating, bacterial vaginosis, anxiety, depression, brain fog, memory loss, joint pain, insomnia, night terrors, vertigo, panic attacks, severe menstrual pain, cystic acne, heart palpitations, migraines, chronic fatigue, just to name a couple of wonderful things. And in addition to that, I was medically diagnosed with gastritis, SIBO, Lyme disease, narcolepsy, mercury poisoning, and mold toxicity. Wow. I, I know I keep saying that's so scary, but it is so scary because I feel like I'm sure you, you were at a point where you felt hopeless. Oh, yeah. I was like, cool. I'm going to die at 24. Like, this is it. Like, <laughs> this is this is crazy. This cannot be a normal thing. And I've seen dozens of doctors and they just want to give me more medication. And it's like, I've been doing that for years. Like, there has to be another way. There's no way I'm just going to die at 24 with all of these symptoms. Right. And how many prescription medications were you on at this point? Oh, God. So many. Probably a dozen. That is insane to me. Yeah. Within those three years, probably a dozen. Because I had, right, I had so many symptoms. And each one of these symptoms had its own, like, prescription medication. And every diagnosis and every disease had six or seven different like medications on top of it. Wow. I know for me, I felt like because I wasn't getting the answers I needed from these Western medicine doctors, and of course there's a place for Western medicine, Mm -hmm. but it wasn't working for me. So I felt like I had to become my own advocate and become my own doctor. And I think, you know, the same happened for you. So can you tell everyone at this point, what did you do to advocate for yourself and to start healing yourself? I really became an advocate for myself when I hit my rock bottom. My rock bottom started right after I tore my ACL playing soccer. And then I had to have ACL surgery, reconstructive surgery. And after that surgery, which I'm sure, you know, after a surgery, that just really like messes with someone's body and just kind of amplifies everything. And so all my symptoms were amplified. I also recently did a sleep study with my sleep neurologist because I was having um, issues sleeping. 
And so I was just diagnosed with narcolepsy and I was on these really strong stimulant pills to keep me awake throughout the day and these really strong sleeping pills to sleep at night on top of my other like 12 medications that I was on. And I wasn't able to walk and it was an excruciating amount of pain for my surgery. And specifically these stimulant pills that my doctor gave to me for my narcolepsy were just the most horrible things ever in terms of my physical and mental well-being. That's when I really started experiencing panic attacks, heart palpitations, my anxiety was through the roof, my depression was just at an extreme level. I remember calling my psychologist that night um, and letting her know that I was just not well. And I told her everything that I was feeling and everything that was going on and all the panic attacks. And she actually told me that I needed to go to the psychiatric unit at the Stanford Hospital here in the Bay Area because she was very worried that I was going to harm myself or do something. And I was just not in the right state of mind. So my parents and I drove that night. It was like 10 p.m. We drove to Palo Alto in the Bay Area. And I was the last person to be seen because I wasn't, you know, bleeding or anything. I didn't have any physical symptoms at that point. They admitted me after it was about three hours in the waiting room. They admitted me. They talked to me blood tests, urine tests, everything. And they weren't able to admit me into the psychiatric unit because they didn't deem me like suicidal enough to be admitted into the psychiatric unit. And again, I wasn't having any like physical symptoms. So basically, they just gave me prescription medication for my anxiety and sent me on my way. And we left the ER at like 3am that night. And that's when I was like, I'm fucking done. (laughs) I can't do this anymore. I am so tired of going to the ER and trying to convince these doctors that something is not okay within me. And their only response is that it's either genetic or just something I have to deal with. And here's some prescription medication to help. And the prescription medication was not helping at all, clearly. And so that was my rock bottom. I remember it so clearly like standing in the parking lot with my parents and I told them like I can't do this anymore like there's no way in hell like this is the way I'm going out I'm not dying like this young of an age yeah so I I, I'm so sorry that happened to you and I'm so sorry that you know western medicine failed you in that way obviously on top of all the the health conditions putting that mental health issue on top of it and you having those feelings of self-harm I mean, to be failed by the medical system is truly, truly so beyond unfortunate. So when did you discover plant-based eating? Because that was really the start of your healing journey. I kind of explored the area away from Western medicine in terms of um, more holistic Eastern medicine. Um, So that was kind of my baby step into the like holistic plant-based world. But again, didn't really talk too much about diet, things like that. For me, plant-based eating really came about like a year or two later. My turning point actually was watching What What the Hell <laughs> on Netflix. That was my kind of like vegan documentary that I was like, whoa, like really? Like this is crazy. Like honestly, the first thought that came to my mind was like, it can't be this simple. Like, no, like just changing your diet. Like, there's no way. Because if it was that simple, one of these dozens of doctors would have told me that a long time ago. (laughs) 
Yeah, that's a great documentary. And I feel like everyone who's now plant-based or vegan, they have that documentary that really provided them with the information and education that made them want to change in the first place. What year was that? I don't remember what year that came out. I didn't see it right when it came out, but I personally watched it. It was like summer of 2017. Okay. And I watched it and I was just like, whoa. And honestly, a part of me was really skeptical because again, I was like, there's no way it's that simple. But I was so desperate at that point and I was still like, haven't found like any answers that were like working for me. So I tried it and I actually went vegan, cold turkey, no pun intended, for like a month just to see what would happen. Because I knew if I wanted to do it, I actually wanted to do it. So I went from a very traditional standard American diet, did vegan for a month. And after that, like first month, I felt like 35, 40% better. Wow. And I was like, whoa. (laughs) Okay. Hello to plants. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Wow. Can you just give me a little glimpse of what you were eating before in a standard American diet? Like quickly, what what were you eating breakfast, lunch, and dinner? I am half Japanese. So sushi has been like a big part of my diet. Fish. Um, If you asked me five years ago, what would be the last meal I would want before I died? It would be a double cheeseburger with milkshake and fries. Like <laughs> that is what I wanted all the time. That like juicy meat, creamy cheese. And now it makes my stomach hurt just thinking about it. But that's what I ate. Burgers. I loved a good cheeseburger, pizza, pasta, nachos, all of that. Loved it so much. Nothing was off limits and pretty processed too. A lot of like chips and you know, cereal. My brothers and I, we all grew up with having 2% milk with like our frosted flakes in the morning. And oh, we all did. All that stuff. Yeah. Was that then connected to all of the fish you were eating? So the mercury is actually an interesting story because, you know, I don't think it helped by any means. But just because, you know, my mother is full Japanese and we did have a decent amount of Japanese food growing up, we did not eat copious amounts of fish to the level of where my mercury levels were at. So when I was seeing a holistic practitioner at the time, she was the first one who kind of taught me about um, toxic heavy metals and specifically mercury. And right now, most people believe that you can really only absorb mercury into your body through environmental factors or through your diet. So you're either like handling mercury thermometers, which like no one does, or you're eating copious amounts of fish. And, you know, I was a relatively healthy person. And again, I wasn't eating that much fish. And I was also really young. I remember asking my holistic practitioner, like, you know, is it just that my body is not good at, you know, filtering through these heavy metals and having it like releasing these toxins and heavy metals through my body? Do you think it's like genetic that I was just born and had all these heavy metals, you know, in my body. And she was like, no, it just must be like your diet. So I want you to stop eating fish, blah, blah, blah. But I know now that toxic heavy metals 100% can be passed through the bloodline. My parents got tested for mercury when I was like really sick. We all just kind of did the same testing that I did. So when I got tested for mercury, a normal level of mercury is typically at four. And when I got tested, I was at 34. Wow. And both of my parents, when they got tested, 
my mom was at 67 and my dad was at like 72. Holy cow. <laughs> and then I asked my holistic protect- practitioner again. I was like, are you sure that it like isn't, you know, passed down like through the bloodline? And she's like, no, there's no way. And I know now that it is true. That is why young people such as me, like most of the clients that I work with are in their 20s, younger than their 20s, especially women who are born into this world after generations and generations of toxic heavy metals building up in the body and specifically the liver. And we are already at a disadvantage when it comes to our health when we are born into this world. And that's why it's so important to clean up our bodies, not just for ourselves, but we're literally cleaning up heavy metals and you know all these toxins in our body from generations ago that have built up over time. Wow, that's really interesting. And I think a really unique perspective that will be really important for people to hear. And on a side note, I remember growing up, I would always want tuna in my lunch. And my mom would say, well, you're only allowed to have it a couple times a week because of the mercury. She was like, somehow aware of that. And obviously, the levels are very high in tuna. So I feel like she was like, pretty on trend for back then because wellness wasn't really a thing. Veganism wasn't popular. Mm -hmm. I'll always remember she never let me have it more than like once or twice a week. Yeah. So now at this point, you're eating plant-based, you're feeling, you said like 40% better. What happens next? Is this when you discover medical medium? Not right away. I was vegan for that month and then I actually kind of um, went pescatarian after I was vegan and then I started incorporating more fish and then that's when I actually did the heavy metal testing and found out that I had mercury poisoning and so I was like okay probably shouldn't be eating a fish (laughs) and then I cut that out and then I was kind of on and off plant-based tried my best and yeah I was vegan but I wasn't the healthiest vegan (laughs) there's the whole misconception that vegan means healthy and vegan does not mean healthy. (laughs) Vegan is wonderful for the planet, for the animals, but from a health perspective, there are different levels of veganism for sure. And I was the potato chip processed soy meat kind of vegan for sure. I just want to pause there for a sec and shed light on what you just said, because I think it's something everyone needs to be aware of that, again, being vegan does not necessarily mean healthy. And I have a lot of people come to me, whether it's clients, friends, and they'll say, you know, I'm really confused. I've been vegan now for a few months and I haven't lost any weight. And I'm like, okay, wait a second. What are you eating? What specifically is in your diet? And you know, they're eating these processed fake meats. They're eating Gardein. And you know, of of course those things taste so good and again great for the environment so much better for the planet obviously animals aren't killed so it's cruelty free but those processed meats are really harmful due to the genetically modified soy and all the added sugars and added oils and whatever it is it's a highly processed item that isn't necessarily a health food so I want you to keep talking, but I think that's really important to shed light on is just because it's vegan does not mean it's healthy. And I like to remind people Oreos are vegan, Twizzlers are vegan, and of course, those things are not health foods that should be a regular staple in someone's diet. 100%. I think they are wonderful transition foods for people that are trying 
to eat more plant-based and are coming from a traditional American diet of their burgers and they want to have a, a Beyond Burger or some Gardein. I, you said Gardein. I loved Gardein. Like, that was my shit. Like, <laughs> the chicken tenders are so good. So good. The gar- and they are oh. so good. <laughs> and like vegan restaurants, too. Like, there are so many restaurants that have like vegan comfort food that is just like so much you know, again, like processed soy and just so heavy on like the fats and the oils, but so good. And I think everyone kind of needs that phase a little bit for like a small amount of time, but it's not sustainable in the long term um, for your health. Definitely. Yeah, of course. And I definitely like to treat myself. We have a few really great vegan restaurants about like an hour from me in Miami that we love to go to. And they're, you know, on the healthier side. But of course, I feel more comfortable with the food I make at home because I know what I'm putting in it. So if you're trying to heal yourself, if you're trying to lose weight, overcome a health condition, you really should be aware of the food you're putting into your body. And, you know, that might not necessarily be the the junk food. Yeah. 100%. And also, you know, people go vegan for different reasons. Some people go vegan, not for health reasons at all. And they just don't want to cause any harm to animals, or they want to help the environment. And that's fine. And I think people need to find their own why and their own reason. But, you know, specifically, I am someone who I now know that I prefer to be vegan. You know, I started for health reasons, and it was just an added bonus, you know, in terms of like the ethical side of it and the environmental side of it and how good it is for the planet and the animals. But everyone definitely needs their their own why, for sure. Definitely. And I did not realize that you fell off track. That's really interesting. So you become pescatarian for a little, then you stop doing that, and then you become a junk food vegan. <laughs> Tell us the rest of the story. So after the month of going vegan, I was feeling a little bit better. But then I definitely fell off the wagon a little bit. Again, I'm someone who I find it easier to stick to like, short-term goals. So after that 30 days, I was like, okay, I need to do more research. I still like didn't understand the correlation between like the foods I was putting in my body and that it was like making a difference. And so I was like trying other things and I really did like miss eating fish. So I added that back in. And at this time I was also still eating, you know, like genetically modified soy and corn and gluten, lots of gluten actually, and like wheat and pasta and pizza and things like that. And so I still was having a decent amount of symptoms. I was also um, incorporating fish back into my diet. And then once I did that is when I found out about my mercury levels. And so I cut fish back out. And then going into um, the year 2018 was when I really wanted to like amp up my healing and started doing my own research and watching more documentaries and just diving into the whole concept of not just veganism, but a whole food plant-based diet and how powerful that can be. And then in 2018 was when I discovered Medical Medium, who kind of helped bring to light some areas that we talked about earlier in terms of genetically modified soy and corn and how certain foods can feed pathogens in the body and are very difficult for someone like me who is still chronically ill to heal from by having these foods in my diet, even if they were vegan. And for those who don't know who Medical Medium is, can you give like a brief summary of his story and who he is? His real name is Anthony William. He goes by Medical Medium. And he has this unique gift where he connects to spirit and brings to light this information that is 
ahead of its time and that doctors just don't know about and brings to light how certain foods like genetically modified soy and gluten and why some people can eat that and feel fine and why some people can eat it and feel really shitty, specifically people who are chronically ill. And it's because the certain foods that he talks about actually feed pathogens in the body. So you're not only feeding yourself, he's feeding these pathogens, and that's what keeps you sick longer. His whole philosophy is around an organic, whole food, plant-based diet and how powerful it can be. Yeah, and he he's just such an interesting person. I love reading his books. And at first, it can sound a bit hokey, and you sound a little skeptical that he you know, talks to spirit, and they give him this amazing medical healing information surrounding a plant-based diet you know no one's forcing you to believe in what he does but what you can look at is all the people that he's helped and healed including yourself so can you just keep talking about what he's done for you yeah like you said I was 110% skeptical I was just like okay this dude like talks to spirit and he tells people like how to heal like it sounded insane but you know honestly what I've been through with my health was also insane. <laughs> and I was at a point where I still had tons of symptoms that I needed to heal. And I physically could not get any worse at that point that I was in. So I was willing to try anything. And what really resonated with me, with his work and his books, really was just the whole fact that he wasn't like, oh, I talked to Spirit and Spirit is telling me that you need to buy these special pills. Uh, you need to buy my diet pills or my powders, whatever. It was literally like, go buy celery, <laughs> go buy like organic fruits and vegetables, eat more wild blueberries, don't eat anything genetically modified. And the way that he talked about, again, like how certain foods are pathogen feeding and how someone is not necessarily gluten intolerant. They actually just have a very high toxin load in their body. And when they eat gluten, these pathogens in our body are living things just like we are. And there's a multitude of reasons that we have them in our body, whether it is um, we were born with it or environmental or through our diet or things that we touch. And the whole concept is that when we eat these poor quality foods and we feed these pathogens, these pathogens inside of our body, since they are living things, when they eat, they also go to the bathroom just like we do. And when they go to the bathroom inside of our bodies, they create these things called neurotoxins. And these neurotoxins are actually what cause most of the symptoms for someone who is chronically ill. And so when you remove these pathogen-feeding foods, you're actually starving the pathogens. When you incorporate more healing antiviral, antibacterial, organic fruits, vegetables, leafy greens, potatoes, and things like that, then you're actually starving the pathogen and also supporting your immune system and helping clear out your body and healing. Wow. It's all so incredible, but yet so simple at the same time. Mm -hmm. Like literally just go to your store and eat fruits and veggies. Like your mom always told you, like eat your fruits and vegetables. It's as simple as that. So you start learning about him. You're reading all about him, reading his books. So you start eating like how he tells you how to eat. And as you said, this means eating a whole food plant-based diet, which if you don't know, it's legumes, potatoes, nut seeds for some people, veggies, fruit, potatoes, starches like squash and everything of that nature. And for some people it could be gluten-free grains like quinoa and that kind of thing. Obviously you were eating gluten-free so you weren't having any wheat or rye or barley. So can you kind of speak to how long it took you to heal from the time you started eating 
the medical medium diet approach and protocol? It's honestly a very tricky question to answer because again, I still had, even though I was like, you know, about like 40% better after that one month that I did vegan, I still had 60% of my symptoms to heal and dozens of symptoms. For me personally, I think I started with the celery juice. I decided to do that every single morning consistently to see if there's a change in my digestion because, again, my digestion and my bloating were very severe at that time. I did that consistently, and I noticed a positive change in my digestion after the first three weeks. And then I completely eliminated all of my SIBO and gastritis symptoms in terms of bloating, stomach pain, constipation, all these digestive issues in the first like three months. So I improved my digestion. And then I also in this time eliminated all the no foods, which for people who don't know, all the pathogen feeding foods that he talks about are eggs, dairy, gluten, soy, corn, canola oil, citric acid, and then preservatives. So I eliminated all of those things. And I just got a little bit better, a little bit better. My UTIs were honestly the hardest thing for me to heal and took the longest. This was a time where I actually had to work with a health coach who applied medical medium information. Her name is Amber. And I really had a tricky time with this because chronic UTIs and SIBO and bloating and all these symptoms are actually related to the same root cause, which is strep bacteria. And it was really, really difficult for me to heal because I was literally trying to like flush out this bacteria out of my like urinary tract. And it was very, very uncomfortable for like a long time. And once I got to a stable place with my diet, I also needed support from my health coach in terms of like natural supplements to kind of bump up my healing process and expedite my healing process. And it was very uncomfortable. Like anyone living with chronic illness or healing from chronic illness knows that it was a lot like two steps forward, one step back. And that's kind of how it was for me. So UTIs took almost a year for me to heal completely. Same with most of my other symptoms, the neurological symptoms, the brain fog took like almost a year, the migraines, the headaches, the memory loss. It took like a, I'd say like a solid year for everything. Wow. So I think you probably learned a lot of patience and that's something I think a lot of us struggle with is just being patient on our health journey. We've come into this new time where we expect these instant results and expect instant gratification when your health journey is something that takes a lot of time. And it doesn't matter if you're trying to heal from a certain medical condition or if you're trying to lose weight, it takes time. Mm -hmm. And being patient and knowing that it takes a lot of consistency, a lot of dedication. It takes day in, day out of, you know, three meals a day, all of your snacks, fueling and eating foods that are going to heal you and accepting and knowing that it's going to take some extra time, especially, you know, someone like you who's dealing with so many problems. So I think you probably are giving a lot of people hope that, you know, if they do something for a week and it doesn't work, not to worry. It took you a year of really doing this consistently to see the other side of this. Yeah, 100%. It's a complete like mindset shift, honestly, of you're realizing that every single food that you put in your body from here on forth is either going to fight or fuel disease. 
And it's so important to be consistent, but also if you fall off the wagon to not be so like hard on yourself, but also you have to keep going. It's difficult. It's very difficult. And again, you're not just healing chronic illness issues just from yourself, but also generations of, you know, toxic heavy metals and pathogen loads that you were born into this world with and environmental factors that are out of our control. Now is a time more than ever where we absolutely have to take care of our health, especially with the whole situation going on right now. Now is the time where we need to be strengthening our immune system. I mean, we should be doing that every single day, but now more than ever, you know? Definitely. And of course, diet plays such a large role in that, but you just mentioned supplements and I wanted to quickly have you explain what supplements you're taking that are supporting your lifestyle. The basic ones that I take, um, I'm taking a vegan B12 supplement, which I know B12 is like an interesting topic for some people, especially for vegans. And that's why most people don't want to try a vegan diet because they're told that B12 is only found in animal products. And that's just absolutely not true. <laughs> B12 is not found in animal products. It's found on the outer layers of unwashed organic fresh produce. And we need these microorganisms in our body. and the way that we have genetically modified our crops in this country has made it so basically every single person is deficient in B12 and everyone needs it because it is a very important vitamin that we need for neurological function and things like that. So I take a vegan B12. I take a really good um, zinc tincture. I take vitamin C. I take lemon balm, cat's claw, oregano oil, garlic every single day to strengthen my immune system. Does the garlic make your breath smell? Like, can you, like, I feel like I would be stinky if I took garlic. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, it does, but honestly, I love garlic. Um, and it's literally just me and my roommate here. So I'm not trying to impress anybody. <laughs> oh, I love it too. I, I cook with so much garlic. Yeah, it, it is powerful. And I think a lot of people underestimate it because I have some clients who do try it and their body just like freaks out um, just ingesting raw garlic because it is powerful. And so it's not for everyone and it depends kind of where you're at with your healing journey, but it's also extremely good at boosting immune system, the most powerful antibacterial food on the planet. And that was a really key component for me specifically healing my uh, UTIs because the problem with antibiotics, one, they're just laboratory-made prescription medication that's just not natural to our bodies. But also, Western medicine doesn't know that there isn't just one like bacteria and one virus in this world. And specifically with strep, there are thousands of different strains of types of strep bacteria, and it's impossible to create an antibiotic or a drug that's going to kill it. And by me ingesting so many antibiotics over the years, it only strengthens the strep bacteria in my body and it becomes more and more resilient and strong. And that's why it took me so long to heal my UTIs. It's not enough to just get off of antibiotics. Great thing about garlic is that it kills all strains and types of pathogens and specifically strep bacteria in the most natural way without any adverse effects. And so that was a key component for me. Wow, that's a really good tip. So I think all of us now we're going to go eat some garlic <laughs> and, and be more like you. Wow, your story is so amazing. You've healed yourself. You're now this like glowing, beautiful, 
health coach and you have a coaching program now, your three-month coaching program, if someone resonates with you and they want to sign up for your coaching program, what can they expect? What does your program entail? If someone is interested in working with me, I offer a three-month program. So I have six bi-weekly hour-long sessions. So we have a video chat over Zoom for an hour, two sessions a month, so six sessions total. And basically in this program, I realize that there's such a large spectrum when it comes to healing chronic illness symptoms. And that's why I don't do a one-size-fits-all. Like I create an individualized healing regimen for every single person that I'm working with. Everyone is dealing with different symptoms and different pathogens and different toxins and is at a different point in their healing timeline. And that's why they need individualized support. And so that is something I provide as a health coach because I know how powerful it was for me. Again, I worked with a health coach when I needed help, even after finding the medical medium information and watching the documentaries and learning about plant-based diet, I still needed someone who had a similar journey as I did in terms of healing from chronic illness. And I also had a lot of neurological symptoms at the time. And I literally couldn't like think like I tell my clients all the time, it's one thing to be living with chronic illness. It's a completely different thing to be healing from chronic illness. It's like these amazing warrior people have been struggling their whole lives to just try and heal. And if I can just like remove that burden even a little bit for them and give them some kind of guidance because they've already been through enough. Like I know firsthand how difficult it is to navigate this world and especially go off into a world and be that like sober gluten-free vegan that everyone like talks shit about and like doesn't understand. And I want to be that person to support you and know that I believe your symptoms 100% and tell you that there is another way to heal. So to answer your question, three-month program, six bi-weekly sessions for an hour long each. And I also offer unlimited email support because I want them to know that I'm there for them 24-7 and it's going to be a really rough journey in those three months. And just talking for an hour every two weeks sometimes isn't enough. And sometimes they're stressed out because of their romantic relationship or they have a flare-up or they're at the grocery store and don't know what to buy. Like, just email me, reach out to me. And I will answer you right away. I also cover things like not just diet, but I go over supplements. I recommend certain supplements depending on the symptoms that you're specifically dealing with, specific dosages for the supplements, exercise routine, tips to support your spiritual health, if that's something that resonates with you, mental health, because I know that's also a great component of it. It's not just diet. Like healing from chronic illness is a holistic thing in terms of, I mean, it's, it affects you financially, socially, emotionally, uh, mentally. And so I want to provide that support as well. Yeah, that's so awesome. And I'm sure there are so many people listening right now who resonate with your story, who've dealt with some kind of health problem or they're still dealing with some kind of health issue or multiple health issues. And you could really be of a help. We all are wondering what you eat in a day. So can you now tell us today as a health coach, as someone still following the medical medium protocol, being 100% whole food plant-based, what do you eat in a day? So I wake up, I do lemon water. So about 16 ounces of lemon water with half a lemon squeezed in. I usually wait like 15 minutes or so. And I'll typically take my supplements with my lemon water. Um, I'll wait like 15 minutes to let it like work its magic and go through my body. 
And then celery juice I used to do every single day. And now I kind of do every other day. You know, again, it kind of has already worked with magic on me. And so I don't feel the need to drink it every single day. But I do like to incorporate it. So I sell the juice. I'll make that. I'll drink about 16 ounces of organic celery juice. Let it work its magic for another 15, 30 minutes. And then I'll usually like meditate in this time. And then I'll have breakfast. And then the rest of the day, right now, I'm honestly eating like every two hours and just snacking on every type of fruit and vegetable under the sun. I love my mangoes, my bananas, my apples, my oranges, my pears, my kiwis. Everyone always thinks that because I don't eat meat and dairy and eggs and gluten, like what do you eat? And I'm just like, I am eating such a more bountiful like selection of fruits and vegetables than I ever have in my entire life. So much more than I ever did when I was just eating like the in and out cheeseburger and fries like in the past. I eat so much fruit and vegetables. Whenever I go to the grocery store, I try and try a different vegetable or fruit that I never had before. I love my smoothies, my smoothie bowl. I know we're smoothie girls through and through. Yeah. Gotta, <laughs> yeah. w- gotta wake up and have our smoothies. Yeah. Uh, there are some days where I just have smoothies and it's like a great ass day. Um, smoothies. I mean, lentil pasta is great, roasted veggies, hummus, um, baked potatoes. I love my potatoes and my sweet potatoes. It really depends, but it's always based around fruits, vegetables, potatoes, and leafy greens for the most part. And I do add some lentils and chickpeas and green peas and beans and things like that from time to time. But it is mostly around organic healing fruits and vegetables. Amazing. And of course, I'm very similar to you. We eat in a very similar way. So it's it's so good to talk to you about all of those things we have in common. Um, one more question for you before we sort of cap off the podcast. Mm-hmm. You're very big into meditation. That's, I feel, a huge part of your healing journey, especially the people who follow you on Instagram know you're always posting that you're taking some time out of your day to meditate, have a moment of peace with yourself. Let's say someone's a beginner and they're interested in meditation but don't really know how to start. Do you have a few tips on how to get into it? Meditation is one of those things where it took me a long time, along with my diet, to make a consistent habit. I went into it with false expectations that if I just did it once, I instantly would be healed and I would have no more anxiety and stress and life would be great. And unfortunately, it's not how it works. I learned that meditation doesn't get rid of your anxiety. It just helps you create a more healthy relationship to your anxiety and your thoughts and your emotions. And by me just checking in with my body, again, just through my whole like healing journey, I have become more in tune with my body and listening to what my body needs and doesn't need. And so meditation definitely helps me do that. I just do a 10-minute guided meditation every single morning. I think it really helps to start with a guided meditation to kind of have a voice guide you through it. I use the Headspace app personally. Uh, I love it. And I do 10 minutes every morning. I kind of just sit in the same spot. I do it around the same time every single day. So if you're struggling, try to do it the same time every day put a reminder in your phone, the app, the Headspace app also like will remind you if you put on those notifications. 
And it really is just the best way to check in with your body, see what's off, see what's working, what's not, what needs some of your attention. Just try it for like a week, like small goals for sure. Try it for seven days, see if you can do it in those seven days. And just notice how you feel after and kind of just trust the process in a way. That's super helpful. So just to recap that, do a guided meditation, do it in the same spot, same time so you get used to doing it, Mm -hmm. and use the Headspace app, which is free. That's the one I have too. Yeah, I really like it. Okay, so I have some questions for you. These are just like fun questions that I ask all of my guests. Cool. Okay, ready? Ready. (laughs) Okay, what would your last meal on earth be? It could be anything and obviously like it it can be anything vegan or not. We can just pretend even if it's like something like a cheeseburger, like we can pretend it's vegan. Honestly, it would be a smoothie bowl, like a hundred percent. I love my smoothies. I love fruit. I love how it makes me feel like I've never known how good I can feel until I started eating a ton of fruit. So Yes, probably a smoothie bowl or like some garlic roasted potato, like potato wedges. Ooh. Yeah. Or maybe even a big bowl of like stir fried like noodles and veggies. You can have multiple courses in your in your meal. You can start with your smoothie bowl, <laughs> move <laughs> on to your potatoes. Yeah. I think it would have to be some sort of combination of fruit and potatoes. Like, yeah, that's my jam. Sounds good to me. Okay. What is one thing you can't live without in your morning routine? Honestly, my meditation. I just become so cloudy and scatterbrained throughout my day unless I am able to sit with myself for 10 minutes, check in with myself, talk to myself, and just see what's up and what's going on. And this can be physically, emotionally, anything that I'm feeling in my body. It really helps ground me and put me in the right headspace, for lack of a better term, for the rest of the day. And what is something quirky about you that people would be surprised to find out? Quirky. I'm really quirky and weird. I was a theater nerd and choir nerd growing up. Um, I was in musicals. I was in choir. I love ratchet hip hop. I can lick my elbow. Like some- <gasps> You can? Wait, <laughs> yeah. do it. Lick- you want to see it? Lick your elbow. oh my god you guys she can lick her elbow (laughs) i've confirmed it wow isn't that supposed to be impossible yeah but i improve i can actually do it both ways and both elbows just because i'm a show off like that you could be in the guinness book of world records i mean i try not to brag i don't want to you know you should let them know yeah i'm I'm a pretty big deal guys so (laughs) Wow. Well, I learned something new about you. That's really cool. Okay. If you had to pick one form of exercise to do for the rest of your life, what would you choose? Good question. One form of exercise, probably soccer. I have a deep connection with soccer. I've played it my whole life. And since my ACL surgery, I haven't touched a soccer ball. But recently, literally in the past like week or two, I've just been going to the park like by myself and just playing soccer. And it's been the best feeling ever. So probably soccer. It has a close place in my heart. That's fun. I feel like you're the only person so far who has said a sport as your exercise. Really? Yeah. I was, I was like, oh, I could say yoga. I could say, you know, running. But no, soccer. Soccer. That's really fun. Okay. 
last question here. What is your favorite grocery store? Whole Foods. I know it sounds so bougie and so like <laughs> I mean, but honestly, I oh, we all love Whole Foods. I, I just think they have the best selection of organic produce. And I'm also an Amazon Prime member. And so I get those Amazon Prime deals. And I try to shop, um, you know, for seasonal produce. So it is like cheaper. I love me some Whole Foods. Like, sorry, not sorry. Same. It's the experience too. I feel like a lot of mainstream grocery stores, they have that like awful lighting and it's like yeah, quiet and dim and just depressing. I walk into Whole Foods and my day is better. Yeah, it's it's a good vibe. I It is I a really good like vibe. Me too. Okay, last thing we're doing. This is super fun. I have a game that we're going to play really quickly called Would You Rather Foodie Edition. This is just like a this or that rapid fire cool. little game. Ready? Yeah, let's do it. Peanut butter or almond butter? Peanut butter. Pasta or pizza? Pizza. Cookies or brownies? Cookies. Spinach or kale? Oh, spinach. Easy. Yeah, same. <laughs> Fuck <laughs> kale. <laughs> no. <laughs> Pancakes or waffles? Pancakes. Smoothie or juice? Smoothie. Thousand percent. Hot fudge or caramel? Neither. Can I say neither? Sure. Never been like a fan of either. Yeah. Okay. Is there something you'd have in place of that? I honestly have just been obsessed with date syrup. It's so, so good. The only ingredient is organic dates and it is better than any artificial hot fudge or caramel that I've ever had in my entire life. It's so good. Yum. And you just make that in your blender? I actually um, bought it at Whole Foods. It literally comes like in a bottle and you can just oh. buy it off the shelf and the only ingredient is dates. I have to try some of that. Yeah. It'll be a game changer. Good tip. Lemon or lime? Lemon. Hummus or guacamole? Oh, man. Ooh. Wow, why is that one so hard for me? <laughs> right now, <laughs> right now I'd have to choose guacamole. I'm in a guacamole phase. Yeah. Yeah, guac is always good. I can never decide between these two, but but yeah, guac is always the best. Yeah, they're both so creamy and satisfying. Yeah, I'd say guac right now. Sorry, hummus. Last but not least, pesto or marinara sauce? It honestly depends on the amount of garlic in both of them. <laughs> That's a big deciding factor for me. Well, if they have equal oh. garlic, which one would you choose? Probably pesto. Yeah. Like marinara sauce is a classic, but pesto is just so fun and yeah. so yummy. Yeah. You get the brightness of the herbs and the like tangy lemon juice and the garlic oh. and the, oh, all the feels. Yep. Talk oh, dirty right to now. me. <laughs> This was amazing. I could sit here and obviously talk to you all day long. This was so fun. Thank you so, so much for being on the podcast. I don't know about everyone else, but I learned so much. Even though I know you and I know your story, I still learned so much about you. And I can't wait to have you on again. Thanks so much for having me. It was really fun. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. Be sure to rate, comment, and subscribe. And we'll see you next time.